Welcome back to another episode of A Blessing in Divorce. My name is Elizabeth and I am your host. I'm also a divorced mother of four sons and a remarried stepmom to three. As the owner and founder of The Separation Club, I guide women as they heal, rediscover themselves, and create their new lives. It all starts the day the old one ends. Welcome back to another episode here on A Blessing in Divorce and our first guest episode. I'm speaking with a financial advisor today and I know when going through divorce, it finances is one of the biggest worries and we have so much fear around it. We wonder, you know, where will we end up? We'll be able to support our children, ourselves. Will we be able to stay in the house, etc., etc. It can be a really scary kind of unknown void to look forward at. Speaking with Eva today, I think you're going to find this conversation so valuable. I ask all the questions that all of you ask me and the questions that you've asked me to ask her. And we really talk about the things that you need to focus on and really how to remove a lot of the fear. Knowledge is power. So I invite you to join us for this conversation. I think you're going to find it very valuable. Hi, Eva. It is really nice to be talking to you again. And I'm so excited to have you here on A Blessing in Divorce. So thank you for being my actually very first guest that I'm recording a guest session with. So that's exciting. And uh, we've talked once before. And I remember we had a great conversation that probably went way longer than either of us were planning. So I'm excited to be able to ask you some questions today and to go through all this and uh, hopefully provide my clients with some answers for what they're wondering. Um, let me just go through your bio first. I want to share with everyone how wonderful you are. So Eva Sachs is a recognized expert in financial planning and divorce. She is passionate about providing clients with financial clarity, compassion, and confidence at various stages of their separation and divorce. Eva is a certified financial planner, chartered financial divorce specialist, and a certified divorce financial analyst. She has a Bachelor of Commerce from the University of Toronto. She co-authored the book, When Harry Left Sally, Finding Your Way Through the Great Divorce. She is a financial professional team member at Love and Money, Modern Marriage Contracts, and The Modern Divorce. Um, Eva is a trusted resource dealing with all the financial issues related to divorce, providing financial support to clients from the information gathering stage to preparing projections based on settlement options. Whether in traditional negotiations, mediation, or collaborative, collaborative divorce, Eva has shown countless couples how the combination of property division, income, and spousal and child support will affect them post-divorce. Wow, you do know what you're talking about and how exciting that I get to talk to you today. Um, so thank you again, Eva, for being here and welcome. Well, thank you. It's a, a real pleasure to be here and I hope uh, uh, your clients and listeners uh, find it of interest. I am absolutely sure they will because as I'm sure you know, the the first really big fear that comes out of the divorce or a separation or even the conversation around separating is how am I going to be financially? So, you know, I think it's, it's such a, it's a topic that while it's not my expertise and I don't provide advice on this, um, it is certainly a topic that comes up all the time. Um, so I know I'm asking this question from a place of kind of remembering the ignorance that I had around this when I went through it myself. Um, and not having sort of any idea who to call, you know, a financial analyst, I listen to your, you know, I read your bio like that, and I look at all your credentials, and I think this must only be for wealthy people, 
Is that true? No, I'd say quite the opposite. It's for anybody um, who is really wants to understand the financial implications of their separation and divorce. So certainly if there's not a lot of money, it's a big concern. Yeah. If there's a lot of money at the opposite side of things, it's a big concern too. It just gets multiplied. And um, in some cases, I think the concerns are more real uh, for somebody who has a tight budget, who is really concerned that whatever decisions they're making in their separation, how much they might be dividing in terms of their 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 assets and their liabilities, how much they might be receiving in, in support payments, a small difference will make a big difference to them. Or somebody that has a lot of money, the differences may not be that great. It's still stressful and it's still hurtful for them. They have a, a higher, perhaps, or a larger um, lifestyle uh, that they're trying to maintain. Uh, but I think the concerns are are, are very similar. You know, how am I going to live? You know, can I keep the house? What am I going to be able to do with the kids? Uh, will this affect? Uh, my retirement? Will I have to go back to work? No matter how much money you have, when we're looking at cash flow, uh, all of those things make uh, make a difference. And so those are all real questions that people have, even when they're contemplating divorce. Yeah, that's that makes so much sense. So um, jumping actually on the last thing you said there, do you feel that contacting someone like yourself prior to like when you're in the contemplation phase, so let's say a woman, because I work with women mostly, is thinking of leaving, would it be viable for her to have a conversation with you before she even leaves to help kind of understand the path forward? Uh, I think so. It can't certainly hurt. I mean, if they're working with a financial planner already, uh, two things, they may be concerned about sharing that information with their planner if their planner also works with their spouse. So they may not want to get the word out quite then. It's too early. Um, but I think if they want to get their heads around what are the kinds of financial either information that they may have to um, pull, start pulling together and, and getting a sense of what that is, because sometimes that takes a while to understand where to access that information, whether it's going to the bank, uh, uh, looking up old mortgage statements, uh, finding out about life insurance, all of that. So there's a whole research element there because they'll need to provide that information eventually. So that'll save them a lot of time and, and stress and aggravation as they're starting to think of these things. And the other big thing I think they can be doing early on is to try and get a sense and a handle of their the word is is budget, but I don't like calling it budget because that's a nasty word and has all sorts of nasty connotations to it. But getting a sense of you know where their money is going, where their money, where what their lifestyle is 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 like now, because as they start to look at well, what will I need once I'm on my own? The only true way of getting a sense of that is well, what was my spending before? So what things will change? What things will perhaps increase? what things will disappear or decrease mm -hmm. or may have to and and looking at all of that so if they haven't had a a handle on that they can start pulling those kinds of um not only information but even the thought process from where would i like to live do i really want to stay in this house uh would i be looking at um moving someplace else so starting to do some research on what those costs might be or what those options might be for them that is that is great advice. Um, I actually have a separation checklist that I put out to people. And it's basically based on the questions that I had when I went through this 
the questions that I did have and also the things I learned along the way that I didn't mm. even know to ask, right? So that was my goal with creating that. But I remember contacting an attorney. I actually contacted one before we separated. And I remember the first thing I was told to do was to gather my financials. And I know that, you know, it actually helped me relieve some of that initial fear around finances because by the time the separation happened, I already... I kind of had an idea of what I was entitled to. I had an understanding of our household income and expenses. I was actually the one that had been taking care of all that anyway. So that wasn't hard for me to pull together. But having that picture was helped me not worry so much because I knew I'd be okay. Yes, there'd be a lifestyle adjustment, but I didn't mind that. And uh, one of the things that I, I personally chose was to move to sell the house um, so that I could live a little bit leaner, I guess, or live in a smaller house, less expenses, and rather maintain the ability to to have the lifestyle that I was used to, I guess. So the, you know, but a lot of people, you know, kudos to you for, for having those thoughts, but a lot of people haven't even had the opportunity to think of those things. And sometimes mm-hmm. when they see things in black and white, sometimes when they look at statements, um, it's almost like a, a financial review. Uh, which they may not have done for a while. So okay. it's a good exercise to go through whether they they ultimately end up separating or or, or not. And accessing information today, everything is electronic in most cases. So we don't have nice paper files at home where we're, where we're just pulling things and maybe making photocopies. So sometimes um, just learning how to access this information online may take some time, you know, whether it's it's logging into certain programs, uh, seeing what you can end up getting. Uh, sometimes we have to go back in history to get information on um, assets uh, that were around um, at the date of marriage. So that may be a long time ago or or, or, or not. Uh, sometimes we find out that that information just isn't possible to get. Um, so it, that takes time. And then the emotion of <clears throat> actually separating and dealing with all of that that's just added pressure of trying to access that information and getting that information. So yeah. that can be done. It may take a couple of months to get around to, to pulling all that information together. That's, you know, you're right. That is so different from, I was pulling documents out of files. I know I'm not going to tell people how long it was since I got divorced now. <laughs> Suffice it to say that it was a while ago, but yes, it's um that is great advice. And, and yes, of course, having someone, who can help with that and and kind of back to what I said about not knowing what to even ask. That's where I was at. I was really afraid of not asking the right questions because I didn't even know to ask them. So working with someone like yourself and your team, you know what to ask and you know what to ask your client to ask So or find. So that's very helpful. And that brings me to another question because I know this always comes up is the cost thing. I'm sure you probably hear it from people. Oh, I can't afford to hire you because I have to pay my lawyer. So, but I'm thinking that it's possible that by working with someone like you, they could actually save money with their lawyer. And so what, how do you answer that question? Uh, it, it, well, it's a valid question because people ask it all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So if we look at it, 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 it's a number of different professionals that we could be working with when we're going through separation and divorce, not just the work that I do. So <clears throat> if you think about it, what's the role of a lawyer in divorce today? What does a lawyer do that nobody else can do? Mm -hmm. So a lawyer can provide legal advice so they can give you information, advice on this is what the law says and this is how your situation applies or how the law applies to your situation. 
lawyers are the only ones that can actually draft, write up your separation agreement. Nobody else can do that work. So if you think of everything else that could be done by other professionals that maybe have more of a background or a skill set, like the work that I do in the financial side of things. So once somebody is in separation, is, is in the process of separating, the first thing, if they're working with lawyers, that the lawyers will ask them for is to complete their financial disclosure form, which is really their financial facts, right? Here's bank accounts, uh, credit cards, RSP accounts, investment accounts, what the house is worth, uh, mortgage, all of that stuff. So you can have, and, and if you can do it yourself, that's great. I would say that most people can't because those are legal forms and they're always complicated to fill out. Am I filling it out properly? What number do I put in here? All the rest of that. So your lawyer can be doing that work for you. In lots of cases, uh, they will have an assistant working, doing that work for you. However, they're charging you for that work at their legal hourly rates or some discount of that. And I'm going to say if their legal assistant is doing that work for you and they're very skilled at doing it, they do it a lot, but they may not come at it from the financial perspective that I do that would have an educational component that would have a discussion around here's why they're asking you all these, uh, asking you for all this information. Here's where these numbers may end up. So you have a clearer sense of either why are they asking me for this stuff? I'm not going to provide it attitude because it's it's frustrating work to do and having a clear understanding. This is where these numbers are going to go. And so that's the value that I bring to the table uh, mm -hmm. in doing that. The same with somebody who, for instance, is a parenting specialist who will be working on a parenting plan for children. Their uh, expertise and skill set is just doing that lawyers do it. But again, as our lives get more complicated, can we be using different professionals for doing different work? So it's not adding here's my lawyer's bill, and there's Eva's bill, and then there's somebody else's. It's really sideways. It's yeah. here's what the lawyers are going to charge. Here's what Eva's charging, or, or financial professionals charging. Here's what, let's say, if I'm going to be spending with a parenting um, a professional or a divorce coach. So it's not overlapping services piled on top of each other it's it's this way so you're it's using where your you're lawyer. putting your money that's right okay. so you're using your lawyer for the lawyering element right yeah and no a hundred percent and you know i i think that's such an important way especially a great way to say it and also some such an important distinction because the finances is a huge part of every divorce i mean ultimately it you know when it really boils down to the end and making up that agreement it's a financial agreement and and the parenting those are the two really big things that happen at the end and working with someone like yourself who actually your expertise is finances your expertise is to help people understand this and to know the options and to understand you know what they're actually asking for is, is huge for people so yes rather spend the money with you than Yes, a knowledgeable assistant, but still, she's just there to fill in the paperwork and not ask questions, really, right? And the other thing, too, Elizabeth, is people today are doing a lot more research yeah. online, uh, right? So there's a lot more information. So I think in a lot of cases, they're much better prepared. They're much more aware of all the different steps. 
they're not necessarily do it yourselfers, but they want to, or, or they're capable of doing a lot more on their own and then just needing to, to touch base with different professionals. So I have clients coming to me that will tell me, yes, I've completed my financial disclosure form. I've gotten it. Can you review it and let me know if I've messed up on anything or if I have to add anything to it? Just mm -hmm. like a lot of people will have a pretty good idea of how they want to parent. And even they'll go online and get a template parenting plan, but will want somebody to review that and really ask those kinds of questions. The same questions I would ask, did you think about this? Are you aware yeah. of this? What would this look like? So as you said earlier, asking or, or prodding the questions that they don't know that they should be asking exactly and, and being better prepared and then being more efficient in the time they're spending with their lawyers because that's Which the biggest that's the biggest cost exactly it's the professional most expensive time. when you're working on 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 all of this it's yeah it's the most costly hour is the one you spend with your attorney so i absolutely agree and it's it allows to diffuse that you're not walking in with this bucket full of stuff that you don't know and asking someone, yeah, who's most expensive and not necessarily the expert. They know, but not the expert. So I, I so agree with this. And clients and have told me, um, because they're, 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 they, when they're coming in to see me and saying, okay, you're, you know, we're talking about the money part of things, the financial piece, they're letting go or they're, they're pushing to the side, which, which it's still there, but they're pushing <clears throat> aside a lot of the emotional elements. Yeah. Right? which they'll it'll all get jumbled up when they're speaking with their lawyer or you know I want the house because you know he had the affair and no matter what <clears throat> excuse me where the discussions with me are much more factual what does the house cost what will it mm -hmm. cost you to keep the house what are mm -hmm. your options in terms of financing so as much as the emotions do come in to all of these discussions because that's part and parcel of life I think working with somebody like myself we can push those things aside a little bit and really just focus on facts. And then we can look at it in terms of big picture, where does this fit into, you know, emotionally what I, I, I'd i like to see uh, happen or what's happening in my life right now. So whether it's with the house, yeah. whether it's with kids, whether it's with um, um, lifestyle, whether it's new job, et cetera, et cetera. So there is something, and clients have told me that over the years and saying, yeah, I've cleared my head up. I'm, I'm talking to you. I'm really sort of paying much more attention on just the numbers and especially if it's somebody who's been afraid of numbers for for uh, most of their life yeah and perhaps not known them until now right um no i think that you know that is very valid and true and i actually tell my i tell clients all the time to even not go to their attorney with their emotions either like phone your friend before you go in have a good cry <clears throat> and then when you go to your lawyer you have like a list of questions you go through them you know, whether it's a phone call or whatever, and you're out because the backstory actually doesn't matter. The law is the law. You're entitled to what you're entitled to. It doesn't actually matter what your ex did. And all you're doing is chewing through your money, crying, where you can do that for free with your girlfriend. And she's going to be so much sweeter about it anyway. So or with I, somebody I, like you, right? <laughs> or me, exactly. Yes, that's what we're here for. So I like that you said that, Um, you know, it's like I said, the, the money thing is is big and scary. And I I think, you know, having someone like you, if I'd had someone like you to go talk to in your team, it, it would have helped answer so many of those questions and put those things aside because I found it intimidating even to go to my attorney with it. You know, there was suddenly this legal conversation around our finances and it just felt really 
it just made it feel really scary. It on some level made me feel I don't know, stupid is the right word, but I just felt that I had put myself in a situation where I was so vulnerable now because what I had assumed would always be taken care of for me, which was the finances. And we had made a choice that I was at home um, with the kids. So he had the career and he made really good money. And I had, you know, we had this agreement that this was how we were going to organize ourselves. And suddenly I found myself to be in this terrible situation where, you know, he was still going to go on with his career, but now I was dependent on this money coming in still from him. And of course, when the divorce happens, the in those cases the income earner usually this is not always the case but usually is quite a bit more reluctant to hand over part of his income than he might have been um, when they were together of course right so regardless of circumstances but you know it would have been really wonderful if I had known and found someone like yourself I'm assuming they existed back then as well so it was 15 years ago, by the way, that oh, I got. That was the early beginnings of this profession. Yeah, I, I remember hearing about um, certified financial analysts and those kinds of people, but but it was um, a divorce uh, specialist. But again, it just to me seemed like this layer of scary um, because it wasn't something I'd heard about. And, and, you know, that was just my fear. But I think this is really helping clear up, clear up how important and how valuable it would be for someone to to work with you and that brings me into this um other area that you have gone into which i love that you've done and that's this modern divorce where you actually package out the the divorce in a way like um i was just looking at it even you know before our conversation i was looking at it last night and i just i think it's brilliant so can you tell us a little bit more about what made you want to be part of that or create that or how that came to be and why it's so wonderful (laughs) Um, one of the effects of, of COVID uh, was such that, um, you know, professionals like myself, lawyers, and a lot of us are still practitioners, felt as everybody did, fairly isolated, right? We weren't seeing people, we weren't connecting, we weren't going for coffee or having meetings. And so we connected online and and, and developed a, just a, a, a group to say, let's just stay connected and, and see, um, just share information of how we're all coping professionally uh, through uh, COVID. Through those discussions, um, a number of us connected on a, on a further level and saying, gee, we're referring clients to each other, but there's still something there that's 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 not quite right. There's there's something missing. And so we had a lot of conversations of how, how might we find a, a, a more efficient way of working together. We knew we liked working together. We, we, um, um, uh, shared the same sort of values in terms of working with uh, the kinds of clients that we thought were um, ready to negotiate, uh, be open in terms of their their um, uh, financial disclosures, sharing information, people that were ready to say, yeah, we want to separate in a way that's going to make sense for us and our family. So through those discussions, that's how the modern divorce uh, came along. So we, uh, it was myself, two family law lawyers, and um a mediator who does the parenting plan, but really is very great and very skilled at um, communicating as well. And so helping couples, in fact, communicate, negotiate settlements. So through a lot of back and forth, um, we set up a, a program of who does what when, uh, so how what that would look like, whose responsibilities would be, be whose. 
and uh, also looked at it from a project management perspective, because one of the things that we saw that were really frustrating clients say were they were the ones that were constantly either following up with their lawyers or following up with me or the other professionals. Now, I, as a person who's stressed out because I'm going through divorce, now have to manage everybody and what's happening here. And do we need to add that stress uh, on top of everything else? So we decided or we realized that we wanted we could take that level of stress away from everybody as well. So our approach is one of a really a project management approach. We handle not only the, all obviously all the work that we need to do within the, the work that's required for the divorce, but always also manage the process along the way. So we're keeping track of timing. We're keeping track of, you know, what's happening at this point in time? Are the financial disclosures completed? Are, is the net family property completed? Is there anything else? Uh, or have lawyers reviewed it? So clients know at every stage what's happening. So if we're saying, gee, a uh, pension needs to be valued and it's going to take 60 days to value, that they know that and they know where are we at day 30? Are we at day 59? Because we can't do anything until we have that. What's happening with the parenting plan? Can we be doing that uh, aligned with everything else that we're doing? So that was a big part of, of how we wanted to figure that out and how we wanted to present things to clients. And then the last piece, of course, we wanted to look at that and say, if we're doing this and how are we going to present these packages and how are people going to pay for them? So we worked very hard figuring out who does what, when, how long it takes, uh, what steps everybody is doing. And through that, we evolved and could create uh, flat fee packages. So if somebody turns to us, and again, we have a, a different um, a number of packages, but if, if somebody turns to us and says, all right, we've got, let's say, no children, just a couple, fairly straightforward, you know, then we know the couple's package fits for them. They know how much it's going to cost them from beginning to end so from beginning to end means you get, we get them from the very beginning stages right through a signed separation agreement and actually a divorce order which comes after after that yeah and yeah. so they know so there's no surprises now there still may be some situations and exceptions for instance if there if there's a business and we need to bring in a business evaluator or if there's yeah. something uh where we need some accountants to maybe do some additional tax work etc so we we try and clarify that as early as we can in the process and then uh, refer or, or get quotes from these professionals to say, all right, for doing this additional work, that may be some additional costs. So again, the sense of people wanting to know they can plan, uh, certainly in terms of their budgets. Okay, this yeah. is how much this is going to cost us, as opposed to well, I'm paying one lawyer retainer, then spouse is paying the retainer. Now they're paying me. Now they're paying everything else. And you lose track of not only what's happening, but how much all of this is, is going to be costing. And so there's a, there's a range. And we know, again, because we work efficiently with each other, we're not wasting a lot of time because we know how we work and how we're sharing information. And certainly technology and through COVID has helped us with all of that because we're much more efficient in sharing information with each other, not only with clients, but certainly with, with the other professionals too. And that's where there's a lot of time wasted for, for, for clients. That it sounds amazing. So have you noticed, because you've certainly probably worked at the other end too, where you're one-on-one -on -one with people, like you are hired just as a financial mm -hmm. person to be part of the bigger team. So not through the modern divorce. 
Have you found that couples who choose or individuals, whatever, who, who come through the, um, the modern divorce team approach uh, and package approach that it generally is smoother that the people who choose that path are maybe more interested in making this work in a smooth way than the more sort of conflict hostile approach? Absolutely. And we try and filter those clients. So we have a, a, a call with clients. So if they're, however, they come into the team, whether it's through myself or any of the other professionals, and we explain to them that this is, a, you know, this is an option for them. And if they're interested, we have a, a group call with them and we try and garner from that call so they two things we're, we're, the call is to meet us but also to get a sense uh, they can get a sense from us if, if we're a fit for them but we're also looking uh, through that call to say are they a fit for our, our package yeah and for our program because they may not be and we've we've had to say to some clients you know what this isn't going to work there's something there that um whatever the, the reason would be, but there's something there, uh, whether we get a sense of maybe somebody's not, doesn't seem to want to disclose things. In some cases, we see that maybe one spouse is looking at this as an easy out to say, gee, if, if I say, if I show that this is all going to be fairly amicable, as long as it goes my way, we try and get a sense of that may not be yeah. a fit for us. So the test is, are we a fit for a couple, but is also a couple fit for the modern divorce? Yeah. And, and it, it may not be in all cases. No, and, and I, I can totally um, understand that, you know, in the one of the conversations that often comes up in the group, uh, in the big Facebook group that I that I have is, you know, should we choose mediation or attorney? And really, if you want to go into mediation successfully, it has to be because both, put, both parties want to do mediation and both parties are interested in making this easier, in having that negotiating give and take conversation. But if you have one party who is inflexible and thinks that mediation might just be an easier way, like the same thing that, you know, this individual is strong and strong personality kind of will run over some mediator and they think that's how they'll get their way easier. Then, you know, as soon as, as someone in my group expresses that their ex-spouse is this kind of personality, it's like it's unlikely to work. I mean, not to not try it, but, you know, to go in with an open, open eyes and pay attention to what happens in that first session. I know for me, I had two mediation sessions. And after the second one, I said to my lawyer, I said, I'm not doing that again. That was a complete waste of money mm -hmm. because, you know, in my case, he would agree to things and then just not do them. So there was no understanding of that this is supposed to be a binding sort of trusting process for the two of us. So anyway, that was uh, my There has experience. to be a real commitment. The other thing uh, that I, one of the things we look for are, are this, this is a couple or these people um, that can make decisions. Yeah. In a lot of cases, it may be, yes, we want the divorce. I want the divorce. We want the divorce or the separation and so on. But can we make decisions along the way? can we, you know, as opposed to change, well, I want the house, then I don't want the house, but I'm not sure about this, but I'll agree to this, but then I won't agree to that. So that's where there can be a lot of um, imbalance and um, just delays and uh, it just won't work. Right. Yeah. And ultimately that's where, that's where things start to fall apart. And so we need somebody, we need couples and we try and, and see and clarify as best we can early on. Are these people, are they in the position to make decisions? Are they in the position, are they really ready for separation and divorce? You know, you know, in a lot of cases, one spouse is, is more ready than the other. They've yeah. been thinking about separating for much longer. Um, 
it now we always say it takes you know the divorce separation takes as long as the slowest partner that the the the, the slowest partner needs the time and space to get their heads around the idea that the marriage really is up. over. They have to catch uh, up. But it may be um, that they'll never be ready um, or they're not ready to negotiate at that point in time. So it may mm -hmm. be just working with us. It's just too soon. And then one spouse is really pushing it because they, they're ready to move on. They, 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 for, you know, they really want to sell the house or they want to be moving on with their own business or with their own life, however they envision it. So sometimes the readiness factor for separation uh, is a uh, uh, determinant in terms of, are they going to be a fit for the modern divorce or not? Yeah, very true. Now is, you know, I, I think what you've created is amazing. I think it's, it's a wonderful thing and I'll be recommending it to anyone who comes my way in Ontario. And so that we're in Ontario, Canada talking about this, but um, regardless of where you live, the reality is that you have to hire a lawyer, a financial person, your mediator. They all have to be in your in your state if you're in the United States, in your province if you're in Canada, uh, in whatever territory, in whatever country you're in, because laws are specific. And so you need people who are experts in that. Now, do you know if any of this kind of packaging exists anywhere else? I'm not sure if it would be quite um, as as rigid as ours, but I think um, the way to answer that is uh, certainly the legal profession is understanding and I think accepting sort of flat fee services, just flat fee payments for certain services. So that's a trend that's been happening over the last couple of years. Okay. So I suspect, you know, in the collaborative world, I know there's been some discussions around that. It becomes challenging to do, but I, I, I think it's happening um I think it's happening more and more. And I think it's certainly a trend. And I'm going to say it comes as much from clients that are going to be demanding that too. Saying, oh, tell me, I want to know how much it costs. Um, um, it's open-ended. Like, I'm just going to keep paying you for two yeah. years. I, whenever you send me an invoice, I pay. It doesn't matter how high it is. People can't. And I'm not quite like sure that. what I'm paying for. So I think, I think, I think the push for this is going to come more from the general public. Yeah. Right? So they're going to be demanding that more or expecting that more or, or and, and I think it's fair that they should be, you know, talk about what kind of questions you should be asking uh, um, any professional that you're working with. That's certainly a, a valid question to be asking. I think somebody that's working in mediation, it's very important to ask them or their lawyers, if they're thinking of mediation, how mediation friendly are they how friendly are they to working with a financial professional because you may like myself you may think that this is great of us doing this work but let's say the lawyers may not be as supportive for somebody else doing work that they would maybe normally do and yeah. again people are creatures of habit yeah. they like doing things sometimes a certain way so understanding you know even if you're building your own team you have to get an understanding and certainly it's fair enough to ask those questions are the members of the team that you're building willing to work together? How willing are, are they to work together? How will they work together? Right. And that was part of the um, part of this discussions we had when when developing the modern divorce, because we certainly all of us worked in the collaborative setting. But in the collaborative setting, we're all work. It's a different team every time. Right. There's different lawyers, mm -hmm. different professionals. Um, and you get a sense after a while of. Um, 
you know, style and who does what and expectations, managing expectations in terms of timing, um, how quickly people get back to, to others, et cetera, et cetera. So those are all really important questions that people should be asking whatever professional they're going to be working with. Oh, very good. Thank you. Um, you know, it's, there are so many, yeah, there are so many questions that one should ask. And I think you have mentioned so many of those uh, here. And I, you know, I, I think we get intimidated by professionals, especially professionals in fields that we don't understand, like law and finances. So we defer. So kind of without with abandon in a way like, oh, you know, so whatever you ask or don't ask is just the way it is. And I think many can feel intimidated. They're in a very vulnerable state and can feel very much that it's not um, like, like they don't want to come across stupid or ask the wrong question, you know, so there's all those things. Um, that, in today's world, that shouldn't be happening, right? I mean, I think we want to present ourselves. And if you saw our website, we're trying to present ourselves as normal people. Yes, yes. And, and though, I you know, love your website. A, you know, I'm a lawyer, or I'm a financial professional, but I'm normal. I get it. I know that you're worried. I know, you know, what spending is like. I know you, you know, you want to maintain lifestyle. I mean, I've got kids and grandkids and I deal with budgets and all the rest of that. And, you know, there's no, there's no legalese talking anymore. And we're very aware of all of that. And we, we want to try and normalize this and normalize ourselves as professionals say, we get it. This is something brand new. Ask us all the questions you need to. And I think part of the advantage of working with the team, we coordinate and we have um, um, meetings every two weeks and go, we go through all of our clients and it's interesting and we learn a great deal from the sharing that we have with the professionals because a lawyer may say, you know, Elizabeth didn't understand, didn't seem to understand the financial piece. Oh, that's good for me to know. That means I have to make more of an effort or go back to explain something or the the parenting person may tell us something about um, real concerns they have about the kids. Okay, well, let's focus on that more. And that may be information that we're not hearing directly from our own clients, mm -hmm. but the interpretation of, of that from the other professionals as we share that information is invaluable. And we find those calls are just so valuable for us to better understanding this family and to better helping them at certain points in time as we go through all of this. Yeah, uh, so, I, so that's key. And that's that's where life overlaps, right? The yes. emotion and the finances and the legal all come together and it's this. Uh, no, um, I get it. Like it, because these pieces are all so important and they all interact. It's not like your finances are independent of your children. How your finances get sorted affects the children and where you live. and. You know, there's all these things, they are intertwined, but I, yeah, I think people get caught up in, you know, I go here for this and there for that. But the fact that, that all of you can come together and have that conversation and you know what part of those conversation, you know, from your client you need to bring in to help gain clarity on something. So I think that's absolutely brilliant. And sometimes it's fascinating that sometimes we think, okay, they're, they're only going to share the financial uh, information with me or the parenting information with, with the parenting specialist. But sometimes the opposite happens. They may say something to me about parenting that I then share with the parenting specialist that they never told me that. Yeah, it just happened to come out as it part happened, of the financial exactly. conversation. And then yet it's it's an important piece of information. Or the, yeah. you know, So it, those are the things that are really interesting. And as we work together and as professionals that we feel comfortable in sharing, because again, we think we should be staying in our own lanes. Well, I shouldn't be saying, I shouldn't comment on any emotional piece because that's not my piece. 
we're learning to share that just as much as, as we expect and want our clients to be sharing that with all of us. So that's that's one of the huge advantages in having the team work together enough that we have the confidence confidence in the work that we've we've the the, the professionalism uh, that we've been able to share by working together as often as we have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that and that doesn't happen as you've got a one off you know, working with a different lawyer each time or, or having different team members each time that may be yeah, happening in absolutely. traditional mediation or collaborative. Wonderful. I love it. I love all of it. Um, I, I I hope that, as you were saying, the trend moving forward is to create more of these scenarios in more locations that, you know, it becomes the way forward to hire a team. I've always been a believer in that, and it is actually the first the first or the second thing in my separation checklist is to start getting a handle on your team. And I always have, you know, you need your lawyer, you need your therapist, you need your financial person, you need your support system, you need your parenting person. And, you know, like there's these lists of people um, and that they should go to the people who are experts on the various things. Now, and we're all there to help. Yeah, like I, I think, yeah. and, and I agree with you. I think people are intimidated because how often do we have a relationship with a lawyer these days? We don't, right? You know, we buy a house, we sign paperwork with a okay. lawyer. You know, we do our wills, we still assign paperwork with a lawyer. So we're not quite sure what that relationship is supposed to be. So part of that is that they must know. I better not say anything. Yeah. And, they know and something that I don't, which is why I'm case. here. You know, I think I love clients. I know most of the lawyers that I work with love clients. They'll say that will come in and say, I know nothing. <laughs> I know nothing. Tell me everything I need to know. Explain it to me slowly. Explain it to me as if I'm a five-year-old. This is all new to me. You know, those are the kinds of clients we we love to work with because we recognize that they're, they're open but to learning because it is yeah. a learning curve and the learning path for everybody, right? Now, it doesn't matter what profession you are. If you've never gone through divorce before, you don't really know. I mean, I've had clients that are, are you know, corporate lawyers, but will say they know nothing about divorce. What do you mean? You know the law. No, but I don't know anything about divorce law. Yeah. Okay. No, it's very true. And so we make yeah. assumptions on on those kinds of things. And it's, it's, it's not the case because these are all subspecialties I just had a conversation with an accountant that was telling me about his subspecialties and so on he says but I know nothing about what you're doing but it's Mm -hmm. all numbers yeah but I know nothing about your what you're doing and it's true and I you know I'm not an accountant so there's a lot of nuances to everything right there's nuances to everything and I used to be in the in the health field I used to work uh you know one-on-one with women helping them heal from um, from birth injuries and things like that and just uh, personal training anyway one of the women who who phoned me for an assessment was a doctor and I felt a little bit intimidated because I was going in and I was assessing a doctor so I I started out by saying you know I know you're a doctor and I don't want to imply that you don't know so please stop me if I'm going on about something that you know that was how I started and she goes she said exactly what you said assume I know nothing she goes this is not my expertise and I don't know what's happening with me. So please talk to me as you do with anyone. And I remember as we went through it, she kept saying, she goes, I never had never knew that. I never knew that. I'm like, okay, well, I guess that makes sense because I specialized in this field and she had not. But yeah, it's it it taught me the importance of, you know, yeah, re- remembering that not everybody knows everything and that we all bring something to the table. You know, the way that I work with my clients is different from obviously what you do as I work on more of the emotional piece. And I wanted to ask you, I have two more questions I really want to get into with you. And I'll make this one fairly quick. You know, you have this great team. You talk about the emotional component. Um, 
do you ever refer out to coaches, therapists, that kind of stuff? Because I noticed you don't have any of that on your team. That's not part of the services, which I can understand. It's it's a different area. Um, but do you refer out to that? Absolutely, because I think people need that kind of support. Yeah. Uh, I think the work that you do is very different from, uh, I mean, the... the, the um, Media, I mean, the, the, the role that we have on the team, specific role we have as, as the mediator. So the mediator is facilitating, right? Those, those negotiation discussions. That's not therapy, right? I mean, the no. backgrounds might be some, but that's not therapy. That's not supporting the, the emotional elements of all of this. So a lot of our clients, um, and we encourage that certainly because people do need that uh, help and support. So certainly uh, if somebody is, um, again, when we're speaking to them and, and and do our intakes and so on, we do ask them, you know, have they got somebody that's working with them in a therapeutic kind of role? If not, do we get a sense, you know, they might consider doing that? Or as we go through those, as we go through the discussions, uh, and Mike on our team, who's, who's the mediator, it probably has a better sense of somebody who needs maybe that kind of help and support. So absolutely, we do encourage it. So it's, yeah, I agree with you. It's hard to have them part of our formal team, but we have a lot of professionals that are outside that team that still come in to help. You know, um, I'm going to say on the financial side, uh, we refer to mortgage brokers all the time because people yes. need help in terms of figuring out how they might be financing any kind of payments, financing if they're going to uh, hold on to a house. Uh, we've got, um, we refer people out to pension valuators because certain pensions have to be valuated and calculated in a particular way, you know, business valuators. So there's, there's a whole other sort of second stream of other professionals. Uh, and certainly, you know, the that kind of work that you do would be, would be in, a, an important element in, in, in that. And certainly I'm going to say at the very beginning stages, uh, as much as, uh, along the way. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, so that actually the pension thing you mentioned there brings me to the last thing I want to talk to you about um, and not because it's the least important at all. Uh, I noticed when I was doing some of my homework on you and looking at other podcasts you've been on, a lot of them have you talking about gray divorce. And I know it's definitely on the rise. Um, I don't know you know, what percentage of your work ends up being in that field or people just love to talk to you about it. But um, I guess, you know, obviously it's a very separate or different um a different animal altogether because this is not a young couple uh generally kids is not an issue like there's no co-parenting agreements that need to be drawn up anymore kids are generally gone but here's a couple that have been together for decades there's so there is no life without and i would think that yeah things like splitting pensions and securing a retirement future is obviously the first and foremost um to start the conversation, do you find that couples in the gray divorce tend to come in more willing and interested in working together with a more sort of general understanding of that there needs to be some maintenance here, so to speak, of support and things like that? Or are they as hostile as the young kids are? <laughs> the standard answer, of course, it depends. Yes. Uh, but I'd say in general, there is a sense of, of, caring for that other person right there there isn't the sense of okay it's been five years or ten years and let's just forget about all of that it's they're not going to um erase 30 25 30 35 years of life right they're still linked together with adult children we talk about you know there's no parenting issues but the concerns around adult children it surprised us when we first started doing work in gray divorce that they that came up a lot 
how is my adult son, daughter, you know, we've never fought. They're going to be shocked that we're separating. How are we going to deal with that? Okay. You know, grandchildren come into play then. How are we going to be dealing with, with those kinds of things? Family cottage, right? So there's, there's a lot of complexities uh, in terms of gray divorce. So it's not so much that they're, you know, they're, they're still linked together in a, a lot of ways, perhaps even more ways than a younger couple. So there's a lot more, a lot more things to talk about, a lot more things for them to be thinking about. And in gray divorce, it's the perfect storm of separation, retirement, downsizing, all coming together at the same time saying, okay, we've got to figure out all of that, not just the separation of the divorce piece, but my retirement, um, downsizing the house. Maybe we're thinking of downsizing the house anyways. So the divorce isn't causing that but maybe our life is, is, is part of that too. So separating yeah. the emotions from the, where we were going to do this anyways. And then the whole notion of, okay, how are we now both going to survive? And there's a sense of caring there. They're, they're as much as they want to separate and, and balance and, and get a fair separation, but they're also, there's, there's some real concerns about the other person too, more so than let's say if somebody who's divorcing at a younger age. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I know that, you know, you mentioned things like family cottage and I, I definitely see those conversations in the group. And of course, you know, you've spent maybe 30 years raising your children and now bringing your grandchildren to this place. You don't want to lose access to that family time and those special moments. And, um, and not to mention, you know, I've, my kids have started down the road of getting married and things like that. There's all those things. Um, I mean, I divorced long before that all started, but you know, that's something that I know a lot of my clients are dealing with, like they're getting separated and six months later, their daughter's getting married and now they have to see their ex potentially, potentially with a new partner at the wedding. And what are the rules? And, you know, there's so many different things to consider. So I would think it's, 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 very, it's different. I mean, but it, yeah. it's, it's, it's different. So there's different kinds of complexity, different kinds to think about, but also that we can be a lot more creative. I think that traditional, um, litigation style uh, uh, divorce process doesn't work for great. I mean, it doesn't work for anybody, but certainly in particular, it doesn't work for great divorces. I think in mediation or collaborative, we can be a lot more, we need to be, and, and great divorce couples are looking for more creative solutions. How can we okay. keep the cottage together? Yeah. How can we um, um, manage with, with um, retirement? Uh, can we, bend the rules a little bit to allow for something until somebody retires and help them out maybe a little bit more until that happens. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there's more concerns for the, I mean, there's more concerns for the other spouse than there would be in traditional marriages. They're still, you know, breaking up. There's still somebody having an affair, but a lot of the great divorces, they've just grown apart. Right. And, and, yeah. and they both, the and they both, they both recognize that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's, yeah, it's it's a very different, a different scenario altogether, and different considerations. I'm glad to hear that that they are open to, yeah, to more flexibility, I guess, or you know, bending the rules or, you know, the norm or whatever, as you put it. I think that's probably a very important part, and probably something that younger people getting divorced could learn from. Um, but <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I in this work that I do, I find. You know, people ask me if I ever get triggered by it, you know, based on what I went through. And I went through a very hostile, very long, difficult, costly 
divorce. And, you know, do I get triggered at all by these stories, which I don't, but the thing that keeps showing up for me now is I just, and I know this sounds like some pipe dream, but I just wish people could be nicer to each other. You know, like it's, you, you got together for a reason once upon a time you chose to have children together and spend years together. And okay, you don't want to be together anymore, but do you have to be, does it have to be so difficult? And I don't believe it has to be, but I think we have a long way to go. But I do believe that things like the modern divorce is an incredible start to that, where if you as a couple, even though you're separating and maybe you can't be in the same room together, but if you can agree on having a, a team working for you to help you make this work for your children, I think that's a huge step towards a more making divorce, not this big, bad thing, because I don't think it has to be. I yeah. And there's, and there's situations where, you know, it, it will be that right. And that no matter yes. all the therapy and all the professional help, there's going to be at that sort of end of the spectrum where people are going to be fighting or somebody's not in the position to support somebody. That's why we have the courts, right. To, to protect yep. people. And so yep. on. But the majority of people are in that middle range. Yeah. You know what? There's, there's, this is what the, the, the rules are in terms of the law. So here's the range. So you're going to settle somewhere there. And so can we do this with conversation? And it doesn't have to be face-to-face. You know, a lot of the, the negotiations that we do now, we have, again, with Zoom and so on, we have people in separate rooms. So if they don't want to be in the same room together, they don't have to be. And and again, it's our job uh, to shuttle back and forth and, yep. and explain different positions or different strategies with couples. So they, they can do that without getting more emotional than 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 they need to be but i think people are are slowly beginning to realize um that it's the norm isn't just those horrible divorces that we hear about them and that they can ask for more like they can ask for more help and i and i like i said i like that there's options like this becoming available eva i am so appreciative and so grateful for your time today i I want to be respectful and make sure we wrap up on time um i was just i guess you know is there anything you feel we didn't cover today that you wanted to just say say as the last word to well i think we've i think we've talked about a lot so i appreciate Mm -hmm. all of your questions because they're all all very good ones and i'm sure they're those are the kinds of questions that you know the 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 clients that you have uh are are if they're not asking they're they're thinking i i think just to let people know that they have options there isn't just one way yeah uh, that they need to explore what those difference may be that you know a little bit of research uh calling out to you know any of the professionals that are doing this work and not accepting just one answer. So if they call, let's say a lawyer uh, or anybody and says, oh, this is the way it works, that they shouldn't accept that as fact and that they can be reaching out and saying, no, I, it doesn't feel like a fit for me. And you keep searching and you'll find the right professional that's gonna feel right for you. I mean, we don't do this all the time. So how do we know that? And it's not necessarily what friends and family may recommend you know when you're speaking to any professional, uh, doctors, somebody that's going to renovate your house. I mean, it's the whole gambit of things. You do have this instinct to say, yes, this is somebody I believe I can work with. And and the professional feels that as well. And when you get that connection, it's going to work and it can work really, really well. So we hope, I I hope certainly in the work that I do and the professionals that I work with that um, we make that connection with people. I think that's really great advice. And on that, I think I will will wrap up for today. Um, thank you again. I will put all of your information, how people can contact you, both through the Modern Divorce and your own website, below in the show notes. And 
hopefully we can have you on, back on one day. This was really a viable conversation. So thank you again. Thank you, Elizabeth. I really uh, enjoyed it. Wow, that sure was a great conversation. And I'm so grateful for the time that Eva took to speak with us today. For me, the biggest takeaways, and I think they might be for you as well, is to really gather as much information as you can from the people who are experts in that field. When it comes to your financial matters, speak with a financial specialist. When it comes to your legal matters, speak with a lawyer. When it comes to parenting, for example, speak with a parenting specialist. Gather a team of people around you that can really support you in the most knowledgeable and helpful way. Make sure you connect with people that you feel comfortable with, that you feel you can trust. So I think that wraps us up nicely here today. And please let me know if you have any questions for Eva. I know I'm going to be having her back on the show. You can um, share them with me over on Instagram at The Separation Club or you can send me an email at wecanhelp@theseparationclub.com. I would love to hear from you. I will speak with you again soon. I look forward to spending time with you again here on A Blessing in Divorce. Have a beautiful day.